Welcome to I Hate Sand, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Aaron. I'm Reagan. We're just three lifelong friends sitting around a table talking about hot Star Wars topics. We recognize that Star Wars means a lot of different things for a lot of different people, and we may disagree on the specificities, but at the end of the day, we all love Star Wars. Let's dive right in. Hello, everybody. What's up? So, <laughs> so uh, we just watched Attack of the Clones. For some reason, we did that to ourselves. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Um, probably a good two years, two or three years, maybe. That seems right. And unfortunately, it was worse than we remembered. Yeah. That seems right. <laughs> Let me start off by saying that Attack of the Clones was probably my favorite movie as a kid and most watched movie as a kid. So while I was enjoying the nostalgia of the but, movie... But you only watched like the last 45 minutes of it, right? Yeah, I did uh, <laughs> I did only watch the arena scene yeah. <laughs> and scene selection on my DVD. Yeah, what's unfortunate is there's a solid hour and 45 minutes prior to that scene. <laughs> Which is just full of shitty dialogue and like one cool fight scene. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Let's go through the movie. Let's talk about some very strange things that happen. The first thing, right off the bat, there's an explosion on this ship platform on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. It is Padme's double, her body double. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's dead. She dies. Padme walks away. In the wide shot, her name's Corday. Corday does not have any shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the shoes? Uh, like, does, did they get blown off by the explosion? Yeah. Or? or does she just, like, walk around barefoot everywhere? Yeah. I would not walk around barefoot on Coruscant. Maybe no. Naboo, but... Oh, that's so fucking I weird. It, it, I had never noticed that, and that was such a funny yeah. thing to me. I'd yeah. never seen that before either. Um, directly after this, uh, we get to see young Anakin Skywalker, uh, or I should say like teenage. Slightly older Anakin. We get to see like teenage Anakin Skywalker. Um, and it seems like the first half of the movie, he keeps getting spanked in front of people. <laughs> he tries to like assert his opinion and he just gets put down first by Obi-Wan, then yeah. by Padme. And then I think there's another one too after that. It's so There's at least two or three by Padme. Yeah. And just endlessly she just by puts Obi-Wan. Him in his place. Poor Anakin. It's like, no wonder Poor he died to the dark side. He's just so moody. That's the <laughs> and thing. And angsty. Yeah he's, yeah, he's so angsty. He would be the one listening to Mike M in Star Wars universe. <laughs> just on repeat, wearing the fucking Black Parade shirt. Yeah. Nice. And don't forget Creepy. Yes. Yeah. He is oh my God. fuck in this movie. Right off the bat. We all knew that kid in high school that really liked a girl mm-hmm. and didn't know how to act around her and just yeah. resorted to like... Really creepy touches and stuff. <laughs> and and things to say that are just weird. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, man. That's Annie. I had, I had people complain about this all the time on, like, all the different meme pages. And I'm like, in the, before, I was like, yeah, I guess it was kind of weird. But watching it this time, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this guy is creepy as fuck. Yeah. It almost... Thinking about it, though, it almost makes sense because he's he's like grows up and is trained in the Jedi Order Mm -hmm. and they're like not supposed to date or like have have attachment. So 
Of course he doesn't know how to talk to girls, but why does it have to be that bad? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I can relate. We, uh, growing up in private school and in Ooh, church, we... It was like the Jedi Order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the, let's talk about the bounty hunters. So we're introduced briefly to this new character called Zam Wessel, who works for, she's a contractor of a contractor of a contractor. <laughs> It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but I really keep things I really, separated from you. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Blade Runner vibes of that whole introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Like nighttime Coruscant. I felt cool. the yeah. cyberpunk. Like I've been playing cyberpunk, so I thought Night City. Felt very Blade Runner. That's 100% what I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the same kind of like genre. You can definitely tell aesthetic. that George Lucas was going for that kind of vibe. Yeah. I found the chase scene really fun. I do remember that. Yeah. from my childhood and it still holds up to yeah, today. It's, it's good. There's some good lines in the chase scene, like with Obi-Wan's banter yeah. with Anakin. So yeah. I hate it when he does that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a good one. What you're doing is suicide. That was some shortcut, Anakin. He went completely the other way. Once again, you've proved if you'll excuse me. I hate it when he does that. Just like mid rant. Yeah. You know, just like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeats uh, on down. So they chase Zam to this bar. And I noticed this time, I'd never noticed it before, but Ahmed Best, who plays Jar Jar Binks, has a cameo in this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, two? He, yeah, he has two. Didn't notice it before. I knew Anthony Daniels had a cameo in the scene uh, and saw him again this time. Uh, but that was fun. You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life? I want to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> Do we think that death sticks are code for cigarettes? I think they're just supposed to represent drugs. Yeah, it's some just sort like of narcotic. Sub- yeah, I substance. Think. I think it's something that a little bit more serious than cigarettes. I think the point of that was like a hidden messaging by George Lucas. As we've talked about, Lucas has always held that Star Wars is for kids. Mm-hmm. So it would totally make sense that... Don't do drugs, kids. This thing that is called a death stick that people are going to try to sell you or try to give to you are bad and you should turn them away. Right. And they, and they should go home and rethink their life. Yeah, go home and rethink <laughs> your life. life. That's yeah. definitely Daddy George coming yep. out. <laughs> Thanks, Papa. <laughs> Papa George. Fast forward a little bit longer. Uh, Anakin and Padme are having a, a discussion in her bedroom as they're about to leave for Naboo. And she... <laughs> Speaking of creepy, he's looking at her like a fucking creep. Well, let's and, go. Let's uh, go before this, before the whole chase scene, when Anakin says, "I can sense everything going on in that bedroom." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And that doesn't even raise Obi Wan's eye. I know. <laughs> he's like, "All right, this is something." <laughs> he's like, "Can you?" <laughs> it's like a bitch can't. <laughs> and well, Anakin's like, "Can you?" And he's like, "Possibly." <laughs> <laughs> Well, in this scene with Padme and Anakin, uh, he's looking at her really creepily, and she's like, Please don't look at me like that. Please don't look at me like that. He's like, Why not? And I was in my head, I was thinking, Same. Please don't look at me like that. (laughs) And then as she, she's like, It makes me uncomfortable. And she turns around, and he just continues to stare at her with the same exact expression on his face. Please don't look at me like that. Why not? It makes me feel uncomfortable. Sorry, my lady. Love to see her walk away. <laughs> Hate to see her go. And so they, um, they fucking get 
Zam out of the bar, <laughs> chop off her arm, and they bring her outside, and they're like, hey. Trying who, to question her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are you working for? Tell us. Tell us now! <laughs> Anakin didn't know how to play the whole good cop, bad cop He thing. tried to be both cops at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Tell us. Tell us now! Um. So Zam gets shot by Jango with his dart, and Obi-Wan's trying to figure out the origins of this dart, so he takes it to Dex, who is a diner owner. And a longtime friend of Obi-Wan. Hey, old buddy! <laughs> Obi-Wan! <laughs> So while we were watching this, we were like, how does Obi-Wan even know Dex? Yeah, because they don't really explain that. Yeah, and so Aaron, you Googled it on Wikipedia. Yeah, I was looking on Wikipedia, and Dex used to be, he did did a lot of things. He was a prospector, he was a smuggler, he was like a gun runner, like he sold arms and stuff like that. Um, But at one point, he had this one shop on this, I I forget what planet, but Obi-Wan's there for like a mission or something that sent by the Jedi Order, and he just runs into him in this alley because Dex is, like, taking some bottles out of his bar into this alley, and that's how they meet, according to Wikipedia. All right. It's just super random. Random random encounters. Hit it off. But the interesting thing is that since he's an arms dealer, he actually um, ends up getting out of the arms dealing business after things start to get kind of heated, but the last sale he makes is to Django Fett. So interesting. Very interesting. The lore. You yeah. learned something. We all learned something today. It Thanks, might, Wikipedia. It might be that the blasters Django is using to fight Obi-Wan were actually sold to him by Dex. It's true. And so Obi-Wan hears that this dart is from a planet called Kamino, and he goes to the archives to try and find it, and he can't find it. And random note, uh, while we were watching this, this fucking weird ass kid <laughs> shows up right behind the librarian. So if you're watching it, just walks in frame. Yeah, and stands out there, there and then <laughs> walks away. It's <laughs> really it. great. So uh, if you're watching, just keep an eye out. Yeah, for watch that. for that part. It'll make your week. So then Obi Wan goes into the room where Yoda's teaching the younglings, which is the first time we ever see younglings being trained. Yeah, and they're doing group. Luke Skywalker shit. Yeah, I really like that. Me too. I thought that was really cool. I also like the next side when you see younglings is uh, <laughs> pretty sad. It's a bit darker, yeah. I also like how Yoda kind of like low key roasts Obi Wan in this <laughs> yeah. scene. He's like, Obi Wan misplaced a planet, yeah. It's from how I'm embarrassing. embarrassing. And the kid's like, uh-huh. <laughs> stupid Obi Wan. <laughs> and so this little kid shows up, Obi Wan, and is like, Master, maybe it was erased from the archive memories. <laughs> Master, because someone erased it from the archive memory. And that's when Obi-Wan somehow discovers Kamino, and he goes to Kamino, and um, he gets in touch with the cloners there, the Kaminoans, and this Kaminoan is like, so how about Master Sifo-Dyas? Where is he at these days? And Obi-Wan is like, Sifo-Dyas has been dead for 10 years. And... (laughs) First of all, if I had a client that I was fulfilling a huge order for, like absolutely massive. Let's order. say I don't know, ten million clone people. <laughs> I think I would check in with my uh, client throughout ten years. Yeah, yeah, because right. there's probably still some payment. Actually, they said it was like paid in advance or paid in full, right? Yeah, but still, still, 
Yeah. Like, hey, here's a little update. Yeah, it's a bit weird. We, we yeah. figured out like genetic aging. Yeah. <laughs> We're breaking the limits Pretty of science cool. right here. Haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> I want to make sure you're not dead. <laughs> One thing that was really good that we got from Attack of the Clones was Tamara Morrison as Jango Fett. Yeah. Killed the role. With yeah. a shitty director, and uh, his dialogue was fine. He delivered it really well. Yeah. His, yeah. His voice is iconic, and he ended up voicing Boba Fett in all the video games, and Jango Fett in all the video games. And now he's back, playing the role again, because he did such a good job. Yeah. He it's well deserved his return. Yeah, I think I can appreciate going back to this performance more now that I've played the games, you know, watched Mando, yeah, and all that. It kind of makes me like I don't know. It's like going back to the beginning of something that you really enjoy and just appreciating where it came from. Right. The Obi Wan and Django fight is uh, pretty badass. Pretty sweet. Yeah, it's one of the highlights of the movie. And it sure. always has been, in my opinion. It's the on, only really interesting thing that happens, aside from the speeder race at the beginning. Yeah. In the first, like, two-thirds of the movie. Mm-hmm. True. And for Boba Fett fans, this was a huge win for them. Because <laughs> they thought they would never see Boba Fett again. Yeah. I mean, they do get to see Boba Fett, but he's a little kid who's a terrible actor. But they get to see, like... Yeah. Boba Fett-esque moves. And right. In Boba Fett armor. And combat style. Yeah. It's like watching Boba Fett in a but different better. colored armor. armor. Yeah. But during the fight, how the hell does Obi-Wan survive getting blasted with Slave One's cannons at point blank range? <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. How does that happen? Yeah. He's, uh, I guess Boba Fett's a really bad shot. But it hit him. <laughs> Barely. You can, like, see it. And I think the concussion of the shots was blasting him. Around, yeah, around I don't know. Town. It looked like he was enveloped in flames and shit, but I guess you know the force and shit. Yeah, Obi Wan knew how to force, the force you know. <laughs> um, but another th- another thing about that fight is Obi Wan's trying to get like capture Django, mm-hmm. but he decides to try and kick him off the platform. Which, <laughs> if he like actually succeeded and he wasn't tethered to him, probably would have just fucking killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Django <laughs> Fett drowns <laughs> in the sea. Like, well, there goes my lead. <laughs> yep. We've reached the point of the movie that is probably everyone's least favorite part of the entire saga. Anakin and Padme's love scenes <laughs> on Naboo. You really don't like politicians, do you? I like two or three. But I'm not really sure about one of them. <laughs> You're making fun of me. Mm, no, no, I'd be much too frightened to tease a senator. <laughs> not a day has gone by when I even thought of you. And now that I'm with you again, I'm in agony. The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you. I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. My heart is beating, hoping that that kiss will not become a scar. You are in my very soul. Christ. I do not remember it being that bad. There's a reason there are so many memes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so meme-worthy. I realize that now. You Jeez. don't remember it being that bad because you always skip that. You just jump to the <laughs> arena scene. <laughs> You're right. Nine times out of ten, I did skip. But even as a kid, I do. I just don't remember it well, being that bad. Well, also as a kid, you don't really know what good and bad is, right. especially around romantic you dialogue. You don't get how bad it is. And like, yeah. Imagine you're saying these like the same things he says to Padme. Say them to Amy. Yeah. Unironically. And <laughs> <laughs> see how that conversation goes. So they have all these weird-ass scenes together on Naboo. 
And Anakin is having these nightmares of his mother, and so he's like, I need to go save her. So they go back to Tatooine and find out she's held captive at this sand people camp. But a bright point, she actually got freed and married. Yeah. So at least she got some happiness in her life before this shit happened. (laughs) Right. And so uh, he goes and rescues her, in quotation marks, because she dies. But I thought that scene was okay. Yeah. I actually think the acting on both sides is pretty good. Yeah. Except for the final death pose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's... uh, I don't know. I've never had a kid, but I imagine that as a parent, you'd want to see yeah. like how they turn out. Yeah. Right. So it had to be cool. Yeah. So I, that was one of the few scenes in this movie where I actually felt something. So then Anakin comes back with her carcass. and uh, After slaughtering. After slaughtering a yeah, whole village. He kills them all. And he's yelling at Padme, why couldn't I save her? And our reaction to that is because you didn't have the sacred text. <laughs> <laughs> if only you could have force healed, but you know. Rip. Spent more time meditating, reading those texts. Yeah. So Obi-Wan tracks down Django to the planet of Geonosis and he gets in some trouble and he sends all the information he knows about, um, the trade Federation to the Jedi order and Anakin and he's asking for help, and he says that they're trying to build an army, and we're going to have to do something about that. So then Anakin's like, we should stay here on Tatooine, and Padme is like, no, we're going to go do this. And <laughs> Anakin says, don't worry, I've given up trying to argue with you. <laughs> and that's like the realest line of dialogue George Lucas marriage. has ever put in a Star Wars movie. I don't know how many times I've... Said that to my wife. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They go to Geonosis, and this scene's kind of cool. They get stuck in this, like, factory line. It's okay. I like the scene. It's interesting. It's 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 fun to watch. It's more interesting than the previous. Conceptually, it's interesting. In actuality, like how how they actually did it? You don't like it? The execution. doesn't Mm. look great. Well, I when mean, Padme's like running under all the things, it's like very clearly CG. She's just like they true. put up like a wood beam, and she's yeah, like running yeah. under that. That, you that know? is true. Let's talk about that for a second. So, blue screen—that's all these actors have been given in this movie. Blue screen acting, so they're having to like give these genuine reactions to nothing, yeah. and I think that's why this movie struggles so much. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, you already said it. Lucas was way too concerned about visual effects and how he was going to utilize CGI and be this new pioneer in digital filmmaking. Right. That so many of the things that make a movie cohesive and, and believable just get thrown out to the side, like the acting, the directing, you're paying attention to the actors and the, uh, just the writing and the delivery of dialogue. It just really gets thrown off to the side. Not even just delivery of dialogue though. Like, interaction with your surroundings. I mean, I've seen interviews of other actors on big action movies that utilize all the green screens say like, it's really great just to have like even a little bit of real in it. Have, Mm -hmm. if you have like a huge market scene, have like at least a booth in -hmm. person that I can interact with and see and tether me back to reality, this reality that I'm trying to pretend to be a part of. Right. That's cool. So now we get to the best part of the movie, the part where I would always skip to as a kid, 
the arena scene. Fucking based. Yep. This is the highlight of the movie for sure. I love the creatures that are introduced in this movie. Yeah. yeah they're, they're really cool. The Ackleys. They look like giant praying mantises. Yeah, they're badass. And then there's the Reek. Mm-hmm. Who's the, like the raging bull kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What's the lizardy? That like cat thing? thing? I don't know the name of that thing. I, I was actually wondering remember. that. Y'all both probably heard me while we were watching this, but I laughed a few times at Obi-Wan's lines in mm-hmm. this scene. There, there are some funny ones, yeah. yeah. He's like... So uh, passive-aggressive. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, he came to save me. Wow. <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> and then... And the, then Padme gets on top of the pillar, <laughs> and... <laughs> Anakin's like, what about Padme? Padme? She seems to be on top of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Obi-Wan. Such a kidder. Yeah. And then, right after they uh, get out of that sticky situation, Mace Windu shows up. Pretty badass. Dope scene. First time we see that purple lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he brings a whole army of Jedis with him. Now, let's talk about the importance of this scene. Up until the release of this movie, we had never seen a group of Jedi fighting together before. Two two at a time had been the most. We had only ever seen a total of three Jedi in combat. Right. Yeah. Ever be one Luke, Luke and Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. That's true. That's, and yeah, that's, that's it. Really a tiny number. Yeah. So let's give this movie some credit in that it does bring forth some new th- interesting things that are really mm-hmm. cool. And so then after the Jedi fight their way and almost get defeated, the mighty clone army comes in to save the day and it's badass. And it almost doesn't work because Yoda says some weird, like, <laughs> phrasing and the clones get confused. Around the survivors, a perimeter create. <laughs> Imagine being the pilot of that ship and be like, uh, what? <laughs> Can you repeat that? <laughs> English, please? <laughs> I think that's Yoda's weirdest line in the whole franchise. You, I, I'll say, like, Aaron made this comment last episode that Yoda would be one of the most annoying Jedis to train under. <laughs> and I've never really felt that way. Like, I think his style of speaking is kind of cool. It's so unique and mm-hmm. interesting. That's the one time that I'm like, yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, man. <laughs> I don't want to do math to figure out how you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if I move those two words here. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so then uh, there's a huge huge battle between this new clone army and the droids one thing that was kind of interesting just on like a side note as like a character thing whenever the battle starts newt gunray is like ready to go balls to the wall <laughs> he's like send all available troops into battle yeah and count Dooku's like oh slow your roll man there's yeah. way too many of them we're yeah. about to get clapped <laughs> <laughs> also in that scene um very important piece of information is introduced as to the origin of the Death Star. Hmm. Um, the Geonosians are the ones responsible for the Death Star plans and the whole blueprints of the Death Star, and they give it to Count Dooku, who then gives it to Sidious. While this big-ass battle is going on, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan are going to confront Dooku in a lightsaber fight. This, to me, is the best part of the movie. Anakin and Obi-Wan get clapped really easily because... And Anakin, it's all Anakin's Anakin fault. Anakin especially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on my mark. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, after this, after they after they get clapped, we get something really dope. 
this is the first time in Star Wars history that we get to see Yoda use a lightsaber. And Combat Yoda. A Yoda-sized lightsaber. Uh-huh. And we get to see him absorb force lightning. Yeah. Kind of who knew that was possible? <laughs> Count Dooku didn't. Yeah. Kind of wish uh, Yoda had taught Luke that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have been kind of useful. That would have been a good power. I thought this guy could see the future. To be fair, Luke left without Yoda's True. blessing. Yeah. Yep. So but he, he didn't came, complete his training. He came back. He, he did come back. <laughs> and Yoda was like, oh, you're done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You don't need to learn anything he didn't else. Listen. And then Yoda dies. He's like, "Shit, I forgot to tell him that one thing." <laughs> he makes up for it because he reminds Luke of the sacred text yeah. in Episode Eight. Yeah, <laughs> that is the best scene of Episode Eight. Yeah, he's just laughing. The text. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's another thing that we owe this movie is that we get to see Yoda do some really badass combat. Yeah. Something we had never seen before up until now. He's yeah. so nimble. It's so funny. He walks around with the cane all the time. He's yeah. so like fragile. Yeah. But he can man, move when like he like that. really it, you can see, I mean, he's like getting ready through the force. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of gives up himself. It's a facade, dude. And it might be, or it's just like when he really allows himself to pay attention to the force and be like subsumed by it. It's what energizes him to be able to yeah. fight like that. I think but he that's can't it, channel yeah. it like that all the time. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it would be too much. It would wear him out. Right. I mean, just look at Grogu in Mando. Yeah. Like anytime he uses it, it just knocks him on his ass. Well, that's about it for the storyline of the movie. Um, I thought I wrote down a list while I was watching of first time seeing these things in Star Wars because of this movie. A purple lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sam Jackson. Which has bad motherfucker engraved on it. <laughs> yep. You never get to see that, but I yep. think that's awesome that it's on That is awesome. Um, super Battle Droids. I had, fun. I had a I got a Super Battle Droid action figure. Yeah, I had yeah, a couple. Had one Honestly, like, let's talk about the toys of this movie. Oh, so I many had, good ones. I yeah. had so many toys from this movie. Jedi Starfighter. Yeah, I had I had that uh, speeder that Obi-Wan and Anakin are in at the beginning. I Same. had the clone carrier. I had Zam's ship, which is pretty dope. That is dope. Um, I think I had that one, too. I had an episode two Anakin action figure. We we mentioned this before, but we get to see a shit ton of Jedis fighting together. We get to see Yoda's thing. And there's a good scene in here where we see the reasoning for the political state of the galaxy, which is pretty cool. You get to see, like, why the war is starting. Well, most importantly, you see how Sidious gets the power. Mm-hmm. Because they vote him to an emergency power. Right. And he just straight up lies to their faces. Yep. I love trust. democracy. I love it. I will, <laughs> the minute this is done, when the crisis has abated, I will give up my power. And that's yeah. just totally not true. We get to see bounty hunters actually doing some work in this movie. Um, and then the, getting owned. In the original trilogy, they pretty much are just trophies. They kind of just stand around. <laughs> they and just look, look cool. cool. But um, what uh, about Django? Like he has some really cool scenes, but why does he go in? Yeah, I wanted why? to talk about that. So Django has clearly has the advantage. He's standing on this balcony watching the battle happen below him, and he's like, "You know what? Fuck this guy. I'm gonna go shoot him." <laughs> and it could and then he be gets rolled over by the reek. And yeah, his jetpack's yeah. broken. And I've always wondered, like, how Mace Windu owned him so badly since Django really outperformed Kenobi in the fight earlier. 
Um, I think Mace is a better fighter. Mace is a better fighter. Yeah, Mace has been a knight for way longer. But still, Django gets completely owned in like five seconds. It's way too quick. And watching it this time, I realized why. is because his jetpack was broken after the the bull thing ran him over. Yeah. And if he had had his jetpack, he might have been able to fly around and last a little bit longer. At least survive, you know, flee. But, but yeah, he just shouldn't have gone in in the first place because yeah. he was just sitting pretty up there with Count Dooku. Yeah, he had no skin in the game, really. He's a bounty yeah. hunter. He's just being hired. Yeah, yeah. He was, I thought he was his... like paid to protect Count Dooku is the vibe I was getting at that point. Maybe the reason that he jumped down there is because Mace is the one that put his lightsaber to his throat a second ago. Yeah. And so he's like, fuck this guy for <laughs> trying to do that. I'm going to show him what a real yeah. bounty hunter is. I don't know. It just seems like if that was really his thinking, that'd be really unprofessional on his part, you know? Yeah. The D. Unfortunately, Django dies. I mean, yeah. a central message in Star Wars is the danger of pride. True. So Very it true. fits. All right, it's time to play our favorite game. Let's go. Woo! Quick Triv. All right, so we're only going to do episode two based trivia questions. So let's go. All right, Aaron. Who admits to liking only two or three politicians? Anakin. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm, I'm not, not sure, so about, sure one. about one of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> one of his many great lines. Yep. All right, this one is not necessarily exclusive to episode two, but it's definitely on display here. Okay. How many digits does Yoda have on each hand? Three. Correct. Who advises Anakin Skywalker, don't try to grow up too fast? Padme. Yep. But I have grown up. You said it yourself. (laughs) Anakin, don't try and grow up too fast. Although I (laughs) delivered that line better than she did. (laughs) That's true. Aaron. Who accompanies Senator Amidala to Coruscant as her security officer? Oh, God damn it. What the, what's that guy's name? Um, it's never mentioned in the movie, actually. It's not Panaka. Nope. That's the other guy. Is it... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Captain Typho. Oh, Typho, yeah. I knew that at one point. All right, Reagan. Who assures Count Dooku Qui-Gon Jinn would never join you? That would be Obi-Wan. Yep. Well, he's in the... Prison and prison thing. thing. I'm glad this movie is fresh on our minds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, which threesome? So three people. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, nice. nice. <laughs> Accompany C-3PO on his first space flight. Uh, R2, Padme, and Anakin. Yep. Right off Tatooine. Aaron, what color are the markings on a security battle droid? Um. Security markings. What, what color? color are the markings? Oh, so I feel like the yellow ones are the commander droids. Then, oh, I, I think it's red. Nice. Yeah. yeah, red. Okay, Taylor. How many times does Django Fett drop his blaster in Kamino while battling Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi? Uh, twice. Yeah. Wow. Nicely done. All right. So I've got one last question. Um. And either of y'all can answer it since I have an extra. Who commandeers an Ore-driven cart during the Geonosian arena melee? Padme? What's your answer? Isn't it Obi-Wan? It's Padme. (laughs) Nice. I don't remember that. All right. Thank you guys for joining in on this episode. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Please give us a follow at I Hate Sand Podcast anywhere. 
And if you wouldn't mind supporting us on Anchor, we would love that. And uh, next in line, we have uh, Revenge of the Sith. One of my favorite, one of all of our favorites. Yeah, one of the best ones out there. Yep. Yep. It's going to be fun. May the force be with you.